Good morning. It's Thursday, February 16th. Um, I'm looking at SPY. Um, SPY right now, I was just noticing, we've had all green candles. So this is my algorithm in Trend Spider, if you're watching. Um, this, it, it's a four-hour, can each candle is four hours, so you have two candles per day. But every day this week, um, February 13th, right here, we opened at 408. Uh, we closed at 412 at 1230 because it's a four-hour candle. Um, and then this one, next one, the afternoon candle, we opened at 412. We closed at 412.40. We closed at 412.82. It's all green candles. So um, <laughs> it's above the nine-day. Still have confirmation. 50-day is still moving up. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to bring up specifically with SPY, specifically with SPY, is that February, and I just noticed this, honest to God, yesterday. This is on the daily, and there are a lot of technicians uh, that look at the daily on SPY and say, hmm, we had a golden cross on February 2nd. It's good news. It's real good news. If you bring this back to um, the, the, the volume levels and you say, you know what, I want to see where we're holding from the end of the, the, end of the year uh, till today. There's a significant volume shelf here between 409 and 414. Uh, that is the, the key right there. Uh, I was listening to some technicians, um, and they said 3,500, which would be 350, which is way down here. Uh, it's still relevant. That's the October lows. Um, we need to see closing and holding above 422. Um, to make this an official bull market that would turn around. You did have this golden cross. Um, and you can see from a daily perspective, the last time we had a golden cross, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm moving all the way back here. It was July 2020 we had a golden cross. And that lasted all the way until March 2022. Uh, and that's essentially when we started the huge downfall. Now you came back. Um, there were a couple of moments where you thought, oh, this one's going to move up. This one's going to go. You can see this is December all the way to January. We're well above the 200 day, um, which was where we spent most of 2020 and all of 2021. Um, but, you know, again, from a spy perspective, uh, it looks really, really good right now. Um, and usually, again, I called it yesterday that a lot of technicians were saying, hey, uh, February 15th, that's going to be kind of the doomsday, and that's when we start to slide. I, I don't know what it is, but right now you've got some pretty good stuff. If we close above 422 for any t point in time and you hold it, I think that's where you start to say, okay, 440 may be in, in the cards. Uh, right now it's at 413. Uh, January PPI, here, here's the killer. January PPI came in harder, uh, uh, hotter than expected. And PPI is the producer's price index. So that's what the cost of goods uh, that, that producers sell. So it came in hotter. That typically means that inflation is still around, which will typically mean that the Fed will need to raise rates even more or hold them higher for longer which means that the market's going to go down. It immediately took the, the, the futures down, blah, 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 all of what it is. Um, news other, Charlie Munger talked yesterday, and he said some pretty imp uh, crazy things, some fun things as well. Um, one of the things that he was saying was uh, Costco. He said Costco, he would never sell Costco. Now, Costco just got you out of uh, in our algorithm at a 9% gain. Uh, it's been coming down, but again, it's moving back up. I say under 500, buy this one. Just buy it. It's got a decent dividend, nothing crazy, but under 500, you buy it. Over 500, uh, I think you can sell it if you need to take profits. Um, the 52-week range is between 406 and 612. You're right in the middle of that. You're 16% below your 52-week high. You're 25% above your 52-week low. So I do think that this 453, 
um, kind of gap here, 453 to 461. I think it comes into play if we dip under the 200. But that that 200 days moving up, you just had this golden cross on February 2nd, 7th. So again, Charlie Munger says, hey, um, he would never sell it. Uh, but realize he doesn't trade a lot either. Uh, he also said BYD, um, which is the Chinese, uh, the Chinese um, uh, car company, uh, is beating tes- Tesla in China. Now, Tesla is uh, a large portion of their gains come in China. I don't think that BYD is the symbol BYD because BYD is uh, Boyd Gaming. I don't know that that's the car company. Let me see. <clears throat> I don't think that's it. Uh, but BYD, yeah, this is a resorts company. Um, but Tesla, <clears throat> if you want to go into the Chinese stock market, you can buy BYD probably. But Tesla, um, essentially, you can consider the two. BYD is the Chevy uh, versus Tesla, which is the luxury. Um, now, Tesla's, in my mind, Tesla is not a luxury vehicle by any stretch of the imagination. You buy Tesla for the tech. Uh, you don't buy it for the luxury. You buy a BMW, you buy a Mercedes, you buy a Lexus for the uh, luxury. <clears throat> for uh, the tech, you buy Tesla. Um, but he said they are really, really beating uh, Tesla in China. I don't know about that. I know that Tesla is shutting that down their Shanghai plant. I know that Tesla right now, you've had green candles all week. Uh, you had one afternoon red candle on Monday afternoon, but you've had green candles and you're above the nine day. You've got all the confirmation in the world. I do think you're trading uh, right now at 210 in pre-market. It's down a little bit. Um, today might be a red candle um, if we continue downwards. But since you're opening down, you may get a green candle upwards if the market starts to come back. Um, right now, it looks like the, the, uh, the Dow is expected to open down about 250. Um, so it would be a big... <laughs> A big climb back. Your, your MACD is super high on this. Somebody asked me, what's a good entry point to Tesla? Um, long term, just buy it today. Short term, eh, probably wait. I mean, this move from one, 119, you got all the way down to 101. I was waiting for it to go down to 85, which there were, there's a gap there. It doesn't look like it's going to go down there. Um, but uh, Charlie Munger also said there, the valuations in China are significantly better than the valuations here in the States, um, meaning that there's more opportunity. He specifically mentioned BABA. Uh, I know he, that he's traded BABA before. Their earnings are coming up February 22nd. You can see the slide on BABA. We had a great move from December 29th all the way to January 31st. You can see the algorithm got you out. You could have gotten out at about 119, 120, which is a big move. The algorithm got you out with a 25% gain. Uh, this one is on the downside of the nine day. Uh, the MACD is low. The RSI is at 38. It's probably coming to a buy. And if you think that BABA, you know, again, China reopening, maybe they have some good news. February 22nd is the earnings. Might be on the, uh, on the, uh, the way to doing that. Now, uh, when there was somebody talking about uh, uh, the Charlie Munger stuff and Tesla, and he brought up Vale, which is a mining company that Tesla has in. It came with a cross-up yesterday at 17.05. This one's been a bit of a monster lately, moving all the way from 13 all the way up to about 18. You just got out of a 5% gain. Before that, it was 11% gain. <clears throat> so you've moved quite a bit. Now, the, the MACD, you can see it's way down low. It's moving up. Um, the RSI is at 46, and your earnings are coming up February 27th. So the question is, is it using going to use the 200-day as a support level, uh, or is it going to uh, just go right through that support? I don't know. I mean, Vale, it, I, I don't think that they're making money. Let me see. They might be making money. Uh, they do. They have a low PE of 3. Uh, they have a dividend of 8.3. Year to date, they're only up 0.47, so they're not up huge. Um, this one could be a, a pretty good, pretty good opportunity in my mind. But Vale, um, their 52-week, by the way, their 52-week high is $20.77. You are 17% below that. 
Uh, your 52-week low is 11. You're 46% above that. So you are moving towards the 52-week highs. Um, their forward PE is 6. Their PE is 3. So they are expected to grow earnings, expected to grow 284% in the year. Um, price to sales is 1.86. Their book value is $7.46. So their cash uh, on hand is $1.11 per share. Uh, their dividends $1.47. So take a look at it. But Vail came up. Um, the other one that I noted noticed yesterday in my uh, personal portfolio is um, uh, Sedge, S-D-G-E, I think it is, uh, S-G-D-E, um, what, Solar Edge, uh, Solar Edge, uh, S-E-D-G, S-E-D-G, <laughs> I don't know why I continue, dyslexia. Uh, it had a cross up yesterday um, at 341. It kind of took off. Uh, I always say, hey, this one um, under 300, you should buy it. Over 300, you should sell it. It had a cross up here at 341. Um, I don't know that 100% that is a like major buy, but I will t- tell you what I was noticing up here is this gap that goes to 364. Um, yeah, it's 364 is a, uh, a big move. So from 343 to 364, you could get that move and cover that gap. Um, it's 52 week range, uh, S E D G <laughs> solar edge. Um, you are only 8% below your 52 week high of 375. And I think that's where that gap was. You're 80% above your 52 week low of 190 year to date. You're up 21%. Uh, performance for one year, you're up 38%. Remember, SPY was down last year. SPY is significantly down. So this has been an outperformer. Um, I just saw right after its earnings, which were great, $2.86 a share, it just shot up. So you could see that one uh, continue to move up. Earnings, Cisco reported earnings. It was up 10% in pre-market. Right now, it's up 3% in pre-market. It was all the way up, I think, 54, 55 in pre-market. You had a cross up uh, at 47.79. I brought this up right before earnings, 47.79 um, yesterday. Uh, I thought the RSI was high. They're upping the dividend. It's just a boring, safe company. I brought this one up before as a perfect example as to the dot bomb happened and, and we kind of slid uh, and then it just moved and moved and moved and, and you still haven't recovered completely from the year 2000, 23 years later. So, but it's a better company now. It's a better company now. Roku beat on the top and bottom line. Um, they have a cross up today at 63.50. 63.50 is the cross up. They are up at 67. Uh, 6.86%, they're up. They were up like 15%. So the PPI is really bringing down. They lost more money, but they predicted uh, solid results and solid go forward. So their guidance was super, super good. Um, This was one that I thought was going to be an interesting one. Turned out to be interesting. If you traded it, high five, high five. Uh, I don't know that I'd necessarily hold it, although I will tell you, you got the Golden Cross on February 9th. So it's an interesting one. You know, Kathy Woods loves this one. She's been buying it the entire way down. Uh, just remember, uh, a 50% loss needs 100% gain in order to just recover. So take your lump sometimes. Uh, Zillow Group, they reported a really, really good quarter. They were up 10%. They're up 4.59%. Um, we had a cross up here at $46. I brought this one up. Uh, it was interesting because all of the cost has been taken out of the business. Solid beat on the top and bottom line. The guidance was weak, um, which makes the pop a little bit unusual, but they've said that they've taken all of their homes that they, they bought off the balance sheet and they're seeing stabilization in the housing market. This is 100% the housing market. So if you want to bet on the housing market, um, the bull is DRN. DRN is the housing market. Now, our algorithm has you out of DRN. 
with a 20% gain, but you did have this golden cross that happened on January 26th. I would say hold off until about 10. Uh, I think you'll get a little bit of cooling off. But at some point in time, I think you do go up to this $16 range if the housing market becomes hot again. We just don't have enough homes in this country. Common sense. It's just like oil. We don't have enough oil. But the government continues to manipulate oil. Now, what's interesting about DRN, uh, the four-hour algorithm, when it tells you to get in and out, it makes you 90% over uh, 1,000 candles, which is two years. Uh, the actual asset just buying and holding, you lose 14%. So there are some big, big moves in this one. It's a triple levered ETF, DRN. It's a bull. The opposite is DRV. You can play these two against each other. But with Zillow beating, I would expect the DRN uh, to give us a pretty good pop uh, and potential buy-in uh, coming here. So DRN. Uh, another one that beat, and I brought this up before when I was at Earthlink, Twilio. Uh, we use Twilio as a um, uh, software for our IVR, uh, and I love the product. I absolutely love Twilio software. Um, I thought it was good. Uh, I thought it was good when I worked at, um, at Earthlink, and if we just look at a weekly on here, when I left Earthlink, um, which was January 2020, right about here, it was selling at 115. This stock went all the way to 378. And again, 115 was where it was selling. Now, if you bought it at one, if I bought it the day I left Earthlink, at about 115, uh, I went all the way down uh, to 68. So I lost about 40% of my money. But if I had held on, I would have been all the way up here. Now, your boy most likely would have held on till about here. And I'd be celebrating today with a nice move up to 66, but I'd still be holding at 115. So this kind of points out when you're not making money and you have these companies and you have these big guidance and stuff, sometimes it makes sense to just trade. Don't hold and buy and hold. Uh, even if you believe in the company, if the company is not making money, then just you know trade it. Twilio is not making money. The forward PE is 400. They have to grow in. Year to date, you're up 64, uh, th 34%. Sorry, for the year, you're down 66%. You're right in the middle of your 52-week range. Uh, but I like Twilio. I, I really like the software. Uh, Ryan on YouTube wanted me to take a look at uh, LAT and TLT. Um, these are, is it LAT? LGT. Uh, I think it's LGT. Let me look real quick. Um, we'll go to YouTube and I'll go to my comment section. Um, ba -ba -ba -ba. God, I wish this was faster. Um, let me see. It is. Um, there we do. do, do Ryan. LQD. <laughs> LQD. Uh, LQD and TLT. Uh, now, here's what I'll tell you, Ryan, about bond funds. I am not an expert on bonds. I don't understand bonds. My 35, 40-year career in investing, I have not been a fan of bonds. Um, bonds have been horrific. Last year was the first year where a 60-40 portfolio actually underperformed a total equity portfolio. Uh, I called up Fidelity. And again, remember, Fidelity is a quality brokerage. It's not like you can call Robinhood and ask these questions, but you want a quality brokerage. And I called Fidelity and I said, tell me about bonds. They have a bond page. And I said, tell me about this. Uh, several people who were on the phone, I am a high net worth client, so I get a bunch of people on the phone when I call them. So, and, and all three people on the phone said they considered now to be a once in a lifetime uh, way to buy bonds. And the reason is, so uh, say for instance, you buy a 10-year bond at about 4% right now. Um, maybe it goes to 5%. And remember, the yields are in inverted. So you're getting about 5% on a two-year, 4 to 5% on a two-year. You're getting between 35 and 4% on a 10-year. So they're inverted. You're getting paid more money to hold money for less time. 
that's not typical. That is usually the indication that we're heading into a recession, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, but say you buy these long-term bonds, and this is what they were telling me. Uh, the worst is you hold these bonds and you get paid 4 or 5% per year. Um, that's not a horrible thing. Not a horrible thing whatsoever. Um, but then say you, uh, you know, the, the Fed lowers rates and they go from 5% over the next year to 4.5%. But you've got this bond that is paying you 5, 5.5% over the next 10, 15, 20 years, whatever length of bond that you have. Well, the bond's actual asset value will go up. And so you can sell that bond for more than you actually paid for it and have gotten paid 5% for a year or two. Um, so it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to buy bonds. That's what it was ex explained to me. Now, here's the difference. Bond funds like LQT and TLT, um, they constantly... Um, uh, buy and sell bonds. So you're actually not making the money that you could. That's the way it's been explained to me. And if you look as the, the interest rates have gone up, TLT has gone down. Now, if you think that all of a sudden TLT is going to go way up again, um, they said the way up is going to be even slower than the way down. The way down was quick because we raised um, raised rates so quickly from zero to five percent, four and a half percent in a year. Zero to four and a half percent in a year. If you think we're going back to zero, this was where TLT was at zero. Uh, one sixty-seven. Okay, that's where it was at zero percent, zero percent bonds. It was at zero. It was at 167. Uh, now at 5%, you're down here. Doesn't make sense. So I, I'm not a fan of this. You could buy it. Um, I, I, you know, it, bonds are used for fixed income. If you're, under, if you're under 40, you don't need fixed income. You know, they're, they're a safety mechanism. And yeah, John, if, if, here's, here's the difference. And do your research into this too. Treasury bills. There's an enormous difference between public and private bonds as well. You can buy public bonds, which treasury bills, which, you know, if you get the right bonds, uh, they may pay like uh, four or five percent, uh, but there's no um, taxes because they're treasury bills. So all of the four or five percent, you don't even have to pay taxes on that four or five percent. So there, there's definitely. Some things to do in research. I'm not a fan. Again, I've been told it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to buy bonds. Um, but bond funds, they, they specifically told me bond funds was not the way to go. So I can only go. I'm not a bond um, uh, a person. I am not somebody who's an expert. But I can tell you just looking at this chart and thinking that this was where um, TLT, the 20-year treasury bond ETF, was at zero. Do I think that we're going to zero again? No. Do I think we're going back to 2% at some point in time? Probably. Where were we when we were at 2%? You were only up here at 120. So, you know, if you want 20% over the next couple of years with a, a safety kind of valve, um, but again, this is a decaying asset. They take fees out of this stuff. Buy the bonds. It's kind of the way it's been. Uh, Sam from uh, Facebook wants me to look at ORGN, Origin Materials. So let's take a look real quick. Ooh, it's a fun one. Um, you had this buy at January 3rd at $4.59. It got you out with a 20% gain, but wow, you could have got ridden it all the way to $6.20. You have your earnings coming up February 23rd. There is a nice kind of button hook that's happening right here. Um, let me pull this back to about here and let's see where the volume shelf, you got a volume shelf is about $5. You're trading at a $5 and 11 cents. It's five sixteen um, in the pre-market. My guess is it's not making money, <laughs> but I will hold my horses 
and not assume. Origin Materials, um, they do have a PE of 1073. Year to date, they're up 11%. Uh, Credit Suisse initiated with a $7 price target, trading well below that at $5. Um, Origin Materials produces and commercializes plant-based pet plastic. It develops a platform for turning the carbon found in biomass into useful materials while capturing carbon in the process. The company services serves tire filler, carbon black, agriculture, and activated carbon markets. Origin Materials is based in West Sacramento, California. Um, February 1st, there was a sale, ah, 7,000 bucks. Nothing that stands out to me as huge. Um, it does look like, uh, this guy sold 150,000 shares. He's co-CEO and director. Um, that was back on December 27th at about 458. Maybe he was putting in a pool. I mean, again, it's 687,000. Um, uh, chief commercial officer back on August 7th. Uh, second at $6. I would say all of these sales come other than this one, which is a big one at $4.58. Um, yeah. I would say, again, I, I think I think they're, uh, they're probably just putting in pools, taking out money, blah, blah, blah. Um, you can read more about it. Fourth quarter release date and conference call. Um, manufacturing plant. Uh, financing. It is a micro cap, I believe. Let me just see. Um, ORGN. Uh, they have a market cap of 730 million. It's a micro cap. So I do see 1.5 million shares traded over 10 days, 901,000 over 90 days. So you do have some hype around this one. Um, it looks like it's trading down a little bit in pre market. I, I listen. Anything that takes takes uh, renewables and, and is taking carbon out and blah blah blah, I'm a fan of. So I'm a fan of the company. Um, but the price price basically increased for the rest of the day. I mean, you can read some of the comments. It's definitely some green hammer on downtrend means trend reversal. I do see a reversal. Um, and and they are talking about a hammer. And a hammer is a basically green candle with a um uh a higher close uh so the little hammer thing comes out to the right but origin that might not be a bad thing i like it i i don't know that i'd necessarily buy it again i think you're you're kind of rolling the dice around earnings on this one um their earnings have been positive so it's not like they're not making money um but i would read around their expectations you can see this one august 3rd last year when they uh they announced their earnings, they went from essentially five to seven. The the again the the fifty two week is between four eighteen and seven seventy one. The monkeys have them at, at about seven dollars. That's the most recent one, uh, and outperform. And that was in October. You're right in the middle of your fifty two week range. There's nothing crazy about this. Um, but the earnings again with a company so new, I think you're just rolling the dice on that one. But I don't think it's bad. Uh, our algorithm, so you know, uh, loses you 14% versus buying and holding the asset loses you 62%. So our algorithm outperforms. You win 27% of the time. Um, your average win is 12%. So this move from 459 up here to where you got out with a 20% gain, it outperformed. That's one of the larger ones, uh, larger wins. But I, I do seem to think i mean it's broken through the 200 day so it's down there you did have this golden cross but it didn't last so the question is you know it doesn't spend a lot of time above the 200 day i mean it definitely looks like that 200 day is providing just moves that it's hard to say i mean you can see the weekly you're under the the 50 day and you know you're well under the 50 day but as far as the weekly goes this week has not been a good week for this stock. <laughs> um, but great question. I, I think you can see how I kind of look at it um, from the gray box and just kind of look at it and then go down here, look at the insider. Look, you can read the articles as well. Um, this stuff provides you some stuff as well, but uh, Finviz typically hides a lot of this stuff. But that's just their, their books. Um, but it's an interesting one. I like it. 
Uh, let's take a look at natural gas, boil. And, and well, I'm already half hour in. Boil is one, remember we said yesterday, hey, um, there might be an opportunity for natural gas to turn around because you're capitulating here. Yesterday's afternoon candle was, was red. Uh, it opened at 624. It closed at 602. I said under six, you should absolutely 100% buy it. It is up 3% at 619. It did dip under six. Uh, I think if you have an opportunity today, I think you get this under six because I do think it's capitulating. While the long term, and we go over this a lot, the long term does put this still in a downward trend and it puts the bottom in at between two and four. Uh, but I do think that you could look at this one. There was a question, too, about LNG, LNG and PXD. LNG is interesting because you've been capitulating. Uh, this is Chenier Energy, and this was a big winner with the, uh, the war in Ukraine. You can see back here, um, we'll go back a little bit more. I want to go back to March of last year, um, where the Ukrainian war kind of started. Uh, and you see in March is at 135 and it just kind of fluttered along. But then in July, they opened up basically a Louisiana plant and started shipping um, to Europe for the winter. And the, the, with the European rise in natural gas, they were able to take natural gas from the U.S. for five to eight dollars and sell it for around five hundred to eight hundred dollars in, in Europe. Um, the, the, the stock price quickly went from about 128 to 169. You've kind of pulled back. You've got an ascending wedge right here. Boom. It looks interesting. Um, I will tell you their earnings are coming up on February 22nd. The problem that you have is natural gas has just been hammered. So I don't expect them, you know, what your grandmother cooks for Christmas, whether it's meatloaf or turkey, it's already priced in the market. We all know that. Um, so the price of natural gas has been priced into this stock. The question is, how much have they actually spent? And, and I remember from looking at Chenier Energy, there was a high amount of, um, uh, a super high amount of capital that they had to spend. So the one that I think has less exposure and, and maybe better is PXD. This is Pioneer Natural Resources. Um, this is one that they've covered this gap down here at about 219. You're trading at 220. Uh, right now, it's kind of flat in pre-market. Their earnings are coming up February 22nd as well. The RSI is down at 39. Uh, I would expect this one, if we go and look at PXD, I think they have a PE of like five or six, 7.88. <clears throat> so it's a little bit high, but their dividend is 11.8%. So even if you were to go down to the 52-week low, say you buy it at 220 here, and you were to go down to the 52-week low of 190 at some point this year, but then you were to come back to 220, um, you know, you're 16% below that, you're getting an 11% dividend. So again, year-to-date, you're down 3%. Performance for one year, you're up 7%, which means one-year performance, you've outperformed the S&P. Because if, if I, I just go to SPY, let's just see. SPY for one year, down 5%. So you're making money on PXD. Uh, so I think those two are good. Um, Square, T-Drift on YouTube wanted me to look at Square. And this is Block. I mean, I, I still call it Square. I, I, I owned, I think I still do own a bunch of Square at a significantly higher price as I do own PayPal at a significantly higher price. I've been slowly adding, we're talking one or two shares, not much. Um, this one has had an incredible run from 61 all the way up to, uh, we got out with a 28% gain here on February, 20, uh, February 10th. Your earnings are coming up February 23rd. Uh, the RSI is a little bit high. It's at 58. The MACD looks like it's going to cross up for a secondary run. You had this golden cross here on January 6th, which actually provided all the support for that run. Um, if we pull this back here, you can kind of see um, this is double top kind of right here at, at about 90. That's going to provide some resistance. That double top is going to say, hey, to get above 90, we have to have something incredible. The incredible thing might be that Bitcoin just crossed $24,000.
Bitcoin trading is back. If these guys do some type of announcement about crypto, some type of announcement is something, I think you get a hype rally. Um, if we pull this, this volume lever back here, we'll go back to the beginning of the double top. Um, the majority of people look like they're holding on here at about 60. So I, again, that 200 day I think is going to be a magnet if this one gets or the, the market is taken down. But right now in pre-market, it's down 2.65% at about 80. I would be looking at about, if you were to get in this one at 80, um, and again, the algorithm doesn't have us in, but it's probably going to get us in soon. If you were to look at getting in this one at 80, I would probably put a fairly tight stop loss at 76. Uh, that's about a 5% loss. Uh, but I would put that stop loss in there because I think this this is going to provide you some support. If you break this, I think you go down to 64. So I, I, I would, if you were looking at this one to, uh, to, to kind of trade uh, T-Drift, I would probably put the, the stop loss in at about um, 60, 76, 77. That just looks like it's the first volume shelf. If we break that one, I think you're, you're going to go right through these volume shelves. I think you'll go down to this big volume shelf at 64. So this volume shelf right here seems to be building. If that one continues to build, I think we're good. Uh, just my take on it, but usually a pretty good take. Um, I posted yesterday uh, a memory from February 15th, 2012. I was debating about whether to buy uh, 1,250 shares of Bank of America and this was 2012. So let's go back to 2012. So during that time, I could have bought Bank of America uh, right here uh, in February. Let's see. Um, it was selling at $71. $71 was where it was selling. Today it's at, or I'm sorry, Bank of America. That's Boeing. Boeing would have made me a bunch of money too. But let's go to a weekly, Bank of America. Um, wow, Boeing. Oof. I'll get to Boeing in a little bit too because that's a weekly stock. This is going to be a long episode. But Bank of America 2012, you were selling at do, 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 February. Um, $8. Let's say, let's say $8. $8. You were selling at $8. Today, that's worth $35. So you've what? Um, eight times five is 40. Say you've five times your number. You know, four, four and change, 450, four and a half times. So 450%. Um, that's 1,250 shares. I'd have made out pretty good. I believe I sold somewhere in this neighborhood. Um, I did not hold on uh, to 2016. I did not hold there. I sold somewhere in here. I never picked it back up. I never picked it back up. I was also, so we got 450% there. Um, I was debating whether to buy that or Apple. Um, so let's look at Apple um, 2012. Uh, we'll pull this back. Ba -ba -ba -ba. And full disclosure, I think I bought both. Honest to God, I think I bought both. I just didn't sell the apple. I still hold the apple. Um, February 2012, this was selling at, uh, let's say, 17. So 17, um, you have uh, 10 times your money, nine and change. So apple was the better bet. Apple was the better bet. Plain and simple, got questioned about that one. I, I bought both. I did not sell Apple. <laughs> um, I did sell my Bank of America. I don't own Bank of America. Currently, the only ones that I own, I think I own JP Morgan, I own Morgan Stanley, and I own um, Wells Fargo. And Wells Fargo was purchased this year. So uh, again, if you're not in our private Facebook group, that was posted in our private Facebook group. I think I posted it on Instagram as well. Um, but it was an interesting one for me to look back on. Uh, Mara has been absolutely tearing it up. Bitcoin has been absolutely tearing it up. There are four that I currently look at. And Mara 
has a cross up on our four hour at $7.45. You're trading at $7.74. $7.45 was yesterday. So Mara, I think this one, the RSI is at 62. It's a little bit high, but that MACD is crossing up. If Bitcoin continues to rise and crypto continues to go, I think Mara might be a buy. At $7.45, their earnings are coming up on February 28th. I can't imagine that during the lows, these guys weren't mining extra and they're going to announce some crazy, crazy stuff. But again, this is a mining company. This So you're actually buying something of value versus a GBTC, which is you're buying into the Bitcoin trust, which is actually undervaluing their Bitcoin if they own that amount of Bitcoin. Uh, GBTC is a trust, so supposedly um, they have this big Bitcoin thing. There are some questions whether it's been um, liquidated or whatever, you know, it, it, whether they actually have it. Um, but you do have a cross up here at $12.17. Uh, Coinbase, there is some questions as to what is actually going on with Coinbase, but you're about to have a cross up here at about 66 is where it's trading right now. You will probably have a cross up of the MACD. The, the RSI is super, super high. Their earnings are coming up February 21st. They are said to be looking internationally. Um, you do have a golden cross on February 9th. Here's the question. Is it a short squeeze? Because when we go over and we look at coin, um, short interest, uh, 36 million shares. Um, about 20% of the shares are shorted. It's a huge, huge amount. Now they're regulated, so I don't think that they're going bankrupt. Um, they constantly have to tell people they're not going bankrupt. Uh, but that is one that I think you could trade. The other uh, one that I trade in the crypto space is ETHE. And we had a cross up here at $7.87. They're all crossing up at about the same time. So uh, you can take your pick. Again, it's, it's Mara, GBTC, Coin, or Ethereum. And, and Bitcoin just crossed 2400 uh, Paramount Global, which is a Jin Labenthal favorite, um, they just tanked their earnings. They're down at 23. Uh, we had this cross up at 2457. Um, you're down at $23. You're down 6% in the pre market. You did have this golden cross. Uh, their Paramount Global, the streaming service, get, gained a bunch, but their traditional services and their advertising just not doing so well. I think if this one gets down to this, we'll pull this back over here. Let's pull this and see where we're trading. There's this. $20, I think, is your shelf. If you get down to 20 bucks, I think you pull the trigger and buy this one. Uh, this $21 could be a support level. If you break through that, I think you're getting down to that $20.60 level. But Paramount went over. Um, Devon Energy, we talked about their earnings. It's under 60. It's under 60. It got you out. The algorithm got you out. You're not in there. But the RSI is down at 34. Their ex-dividend date is coming up on March 14th. It's like an 8% dividend. So um, my guess is that you know they'll have some problems. I am currently holding. I'm probably just buying more. Um, there was a question about Boeing because it's the weekly stock pick. I bought one share, full disclosure, one share. Um, so it is in this ascending triangle. You do have part of the reason why I bought it was you had to, in my algorithm, you had to buy in here at 214. Uh, I bought in at 215. Right now it's trading at 215.33. So I'm either flat or I've lost some money. Uh, not much. We're talking pennies, not dollars. Uh, but the question is, do you hold this into tomorrow where it could, you know, does, does it get brought back down today? Um, weekly stock pick likes to buy on Monday, sell on Friday, unless there's some big news or he has some stop loss. I think his stop losses are about 5%. Um, he will email you if he gets out, um, but he will tell you what his results are from Monday to Friday. Um, you know, again, I'm holding it. We do have a listener who has some inside information about Boeing and about some um, uh, planes on in basically a yard um, that they're they're refurbishing and they're having some problems operationally with supply chain and blah blah blah. Um, I think Boeing 
you know, again, whatever, whatever, most people probably know this, that price the stock, that move the stock, um, that move it big. Uh, I, my assumption is that they had to disclose something about those warehouse things. I'm just not that close to this. Um, but the person with the inside information kind of said, Hey, um, just make sure, uh, you you're not holding this one cause you could get surprised to the downside. In my mind, this is a huge, huge, just buy and hold. And the only reason you're buying and holding is not because you think that this company is going to make a ton of money, not because you're, you think that this company is going to, uh, you know, it is run well. I think it's a horrible, horrible, uh, company i think it's been run horribly over the last two to three years you look at what they did to those pa- uh those poor passengers that um the the two crashes of the 737 max just all over the place just a bad company the reason why you're holding this is if they reinstate the dividend it's a 400 stock honest to god if they reinstate the dividend it's a 400 stock you take a look at this and you look right before the uh the pandemic it's a 345 you go all the way up to 400 here back in 2019. So I think with the increase in travel, it's a $400 stock. Uh, let's go over some scans. I did change the scanner tool. So if you're subscribed to TrendSpider and you're part of my scanning, I changed the, I'm, I'm customizing this. Uh, essentially, it's going to pull up a ton more stocks. So this is going to be long. We're going over an hour today. But these are the ones for the scanner. Uh, and I wanted to go over it. QCLN, secondary scan. Secondary cross-up, I mean. Uh, it's just got, <laughs> you're getting the golden cross right here. I think this is a clean energy ETF. I personally hold this one. I hold it big. It's one to get you into clean energy. I like it. CrowdStrike, this is one that I don't have. An, and by the way, QCLN, uh, it is uh, in our core portfolio in daily stock picks. I have it in the core portfolio. Um, CRWD CrowdStrike, I don't have in the core portfolio, but I do personally own this one. This is secondary cross up. The RSI is super, super high, but it's a secondary cross up. Uh, the 50 day is finally moving positive. So you've got some positive momentum in this one. Uh, Roblox, we talked about Roblox with their earnings. This had a cross up, it has a buy in here at $44.50. Um, that MACD is, is crossing up. But the RSI is at 73. Uh, I, I would be careful with this one because I think if we, we do get a market pullback, this one could be a big one. Archer Daniels, uh, I'm sorry, Arch Resources. Um, they announced earnings, big earnings, uh, big, really good earnings. It's trading up 3% in pre-market to uh, 151. Don't know the details, but their earnings per share, $23.18. Crazy crazy earnings. There's a gap up here that might be getting filled. Again, it's 153, 151 is where it's trading right now. There's a gap up here to 162. You had the golden cross back here on January 24th. The golden cross didn't mean a lot because it actually came down um, from 158 down to the 146 where it told you to kind of get in yesterday. Should have gotten in before earnings, but oh well. Uh, but yeah, 151, I don't, with those earnings, I mean, is it crazy to think that you could probably be going back to some highs? Let's take a look at a longer arch, arch is the symbol. Um, let's take a look at their 52 week range, 52 week range. You're setting new highs, 160. So, um, their dividend is 0.68. They're up 50% for one year, 50% for one year. <laughs> so, uh, I do like that one. It's an interesting one. But again, you're buying into a, like a significant strength. Uh, some of our, one of our uh, triple levered ETS, XVIXI. The VIX is at 18. I mean, I don't know what, when the last time the VIX was at 18, but it's been slowly going down. And you can see this buy in here October 14th at 49. It just got you out at 63. Well, it gets you back in at 65. You're trading at 65.20. If you want to trade this one, it is the short of the VIX. So as the VIX goes down, this particular ETF goes up. Um, VIG, which is our, one of our Vanguard low cost. This is dividend appreciation. Has a buy-in at 157. Uh, the algorithm makes you 20% on this. 
buying and holding makes you 10%. Uh, you win uh, 36% of the time. Your average win is 4.73. I typically say, you know what? If you want a dividend, take a look at it. VIG is a, probably a good one to get into. Just don't trade it. I, I probably wouldn't trade it. VOT, which is mid cap. This is a secondary cross up. We had a cross up back here, December 29th. You have a secondary cross up, about 200. Uh, the RSI is pretty high. I'd probably wait for it to come back down to the 50 day, but you've had the look at that mid cap. I mean, you had the golden cross here, January 17th. Boom. It's just shot up. It's just shot up a lot. Uh, one of our sectors, XLI, which is the uh, the spider sector for industrials. You've got this ascending wedge. Uh, you do have a gap down here. You have a little gap. That's probably that's the ascending wedge. Um, you got out. This this one had a crazy run from uh, September 29th all the way to December 8th for a 20% gain. 20% gain. This is secondary cross up. Your initial cross up was at $100. You're at 102. It's not crazy. It's 2%. I mean, you're buying 2% higher. Um, now, here's what you have to know. XLI, as far as the 52-week goes, uh, you're 1%. Your high is 105. So if you're buying in at 102, you're buying kind of at the highs. Mm, I'd probably wait. Particularly, eh. I mean, you got, still got this gap around 96. I don't know that you necessarily need to get in there. But XLI did have a cross-up. We talked about GBTC. Uh, we haven't talked about JP Morgan. JP Morgan had a, I believe it's a secondary cross up. Um, yeah, 139 was the initial buy. Uh, today at 143, you had a cross up. 143. The RSI is a little bit high. Again, you're buying into strength on this one. That's a super high one to buy into. Arc W, one of the Arc funds, had a cross up. It is a uh, new cross-up because it just got you out with a 30% gain. So this is a second cross-up at $55. <laughs> you had your golden cross here on February 3rd where it immediately just took its way down. After that golden cross, you just saw it crash. Well, if you get in at 54 today because it's down, it opened up down 1.89% at about $54. You can get it below what the algorithm says. So. Uh, I like it. Arch, Arc W, I don't personally own it. Trading Desk, we talked about Trading Desk. Uh, my friend, a family friend, was the CFO. With earnings, man, they just, I mean, it got you out right before earnings with a 10% gain. Boom, it gets you right back in at 62.53. Uh, 64.92 is where it's trading right now. The RSI is super high at 80. I don't know that I'd necessarily get into this one, but you do have a golden cross happening. And as far as your 52-week, the trading desk, your 52-week, you are 23% below your 52-week high of 86. You're 70% above your 52-week low of 39. So kudos to anybody that bought that at 39, anywhere down here at 44. Um, you've covered this gap. That gap has been covered. You don't have to worry about that gap. The Bollinger Bands are wide open. You're up above that top Bollinger Band. Uh, the, the, the trading desk is, is one. We talked about the Ethereum. We haven't talked about Intel. Intel had a horrible, horrible quarter. Um, you've got this gap up here between 29 and 30. You're trading today at 28. That could be a nice 10% move. Um, I, 28.57 is the buy-in. You're trading at 28.49. Uh, I told my dad, sell uh, right about here. I told him, sell. Uh, and I said, you know, any, oh, I'm I told him to sell at 30. I said, anytime you're at 30 on this one, sell. He sold it, didn't get the dividend, you know, sold right before the dividend. Uh, and then basically it just slid down and it's starting to come back. So Intel has that golden cross and it had the golden cross right after the earnings. Ironically, even with that gap, it, it basically sold it. The gap down is the dividend that you're seeing right there. And it, it'll cover it. It'll come back. It'll cover it. Uh, Caterpillar, which I am still holding on to from the um, the weekly stock picks from two weeks ago, uh, has just been in a steep decline. But it's got a new buy at 248. So you could fill this gap at 256. Uh, I'll probably add a couple of shares. Uh, I like that. 246 is where it's trading right now. I do like it. It's a good company to probably hold on to. It's a well-run company. Honeywell, H-O-N, uh, has a cross-up after a slide. Uh, and 
you haven't made money in the past couple of months. The MACD, you can see it right here. It's just crossing, crossing, crossing. While the RSI is kind of sitting there, 201.73 uh, is the buy-in. You're at 198. I probably wouldn't buy into this one. The algorithm loses you 14%. Buying and holding loses you 1% on this one. Eh, Huntingwell's a good company. I like it, but you know, a a again, I think you're you're getting to that 200-day. It's kind of you're going to use that as support. I think you're going to have the death cross at the 50-day. I think you trade under the 200-day. You do have the dividend X date coming up as a, uh, a a catalyst, February 23rd. But there's better places for your money, in my opinion. J.P. Morgan, we talked about. Um, this one had a cross up. I think we talked about it. But J.P. Morgan, yeah, it's just up there. Uh, I actually have it twice on this list. Uh, Rivian, I was debating whether to put this one in. <sighs> so Ford had a battery issue. Um, this one has a cross up here at 2115. The 50 days might finally moving positive. The 200 day is still in the negative territory. February 28th is their earnings. The question is going to be how many cars have they been able to make or how much money are they making on cars? With the Tesla reduction in price, have they seen any slide in margin? Are they going to be forced to reduce their price to compete with Tesla? I don't know. Uh, it's risky. And if you want to know, I mean, just go into Finviz and look at the valuation. Um, they don't have a forward PE because they don't give PE. Uh, their price to sales is 19. Um, you know, you go and look at their margins. Look at this. Initiated coverage, Barclays, $28. They're trading at $21. Um, $20.43. Um, Truist in January, buy. They have a $50 price, price rating. Um, Cantor Fitzgerald initiated coverage at $22. So the price targets are all over the place. This company's not making money. Um, their year to date, they've made 14%. One year, they're down 66%. It was an overpriced asset when it was initiated. The price of the company was just overstated. And now they're having to get back in. Um, do, 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 MU, Micron. Uh, Micron is, buh, 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 look at the, look at Micron. I mean, $50 I've talked about it. $50 was just an all time great one in Micron. Uh, you got out with a 61% gain. You do have this gap here between 50 and 52. I don't know that I'd necessarily worry about it. Uh, I do think that this, if I bring this back, this, this gap was filled. If we go back to this gap. Um, most people, I would say the support level is probably at 57 on this one. Um, but Micron has a cross up. Uh, you are buying into some strength. You're 35% below your, um, your 52 week, 30, uh, 27% above your 52 week low. So you're buying into some there, uh, end phase energy. This one has just, I, I mean, if you want to talk about a perfect setup, <laughs> they've had their earnings. Um, they were slightly disappointing, I believe. Uh, they made a dollar fifty-one. It didn't shoot up. I mean, you had a big twelve percent um uh candlestick on this one. Big move. Um, the Bollinger Bands are cinching up. I think it's getting ready for a move. It is expensive. This is an expensive stock. Buying and holding this stock made you eighteen percent. Using the algorithm loses you twelve percent. And the reason it loses you 12% is because sometimes you just miss out on the big gains. Uh, but 217.50 is the, uh, the buy-in. End phase here is, do, 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 the PE is 79. The forward PE is 30. Super expensive. Year-to-date down 17%. But over one year, you're up 51%. So if we take a look at a long-time uh, version of this, you can clearly see it's just kind of, Moving down a little bit, not a lot, just kind of flattening out, growing into its valuation. You can see the MACD is moving down. It hasn't started moving up. The RSI is at 40. In my mind, I think 212. Again, if you want to buy that one, I think it's a good opportunity. Honeywell, we talked about. The, other, the last one that I'm going to go over because it's an hour is our, our favorite South Park saying, shitty bank. 5154, it just got you out with a 14% gain. This one has a secondary, another cross up. The RSI is a little bit high at 54. You had this golden cross down here at January 19th. 
when the stock was trading about $46. I'm sorry, the stock was trading uh, at about $49. Um, that's when the Golden Cross happened. 51 is not crazy for this bank. It's not crazy for this bank. The valuation is, is there. Uh, it's a bank that's being turned around. The 52-week high is 67, so you're 23% below that. You're only 29% above your 52-week low of $40. I think $50 is my kind of mid-price. Under 50, buy this one. Over 50, I think you can sell it. But I think 51, 54, you've got enough momentum here. You, you have no nothing that's necessarily going to bring this down because you have a rising rates environment. Um, and you have some, some positive momentum on that 200-day. If you look at the daily, um, I think we just got the Golden Cross. We're just getting the Golden Cross right now. So I, I do think you have an opportunity to get into Citibank. I'd probably time it a little bit, but I think Citibank is a good one. Okay, I went an hour. Uh, if you made it this far, hit the five stars. If you're on YouTube, hit the, um, the, the thumbs up button. Remember to subscribe on YouTube. If you made it this far, just go over to YouTube and hit subscribe. Um, that's all I, all I, all I want. If you want to join our private Facebook group, it's in the link tree. You can just look for the Facebook logo. You can look for all my social logos up top. Um, join any, all of them, whatever you want. If you want to get in touch with me, you can get in touch with me there. Um, but any questions hit me up. Thanks guys. See ya. Talk to you tomorrow.